Welcome to Walking with God, Pat Barry and Jeff Quinto's podcast, where Pat and Jeff talk about their walk with Christ. My name is Jeff Quinto. And my name is Pat Barry. Every once in a while, Jeff and I get together and we talk about our daily walk with Jesus Christ. And today we're going to be talking about planting seeds. You see, too often we make walking with Jesus more difficult than it's actually meant to be because we try to do big things. We think that now that we are Christians, we are going to change the world. We're going to do big things. And when we read the Great Commission, we think, how do I fit into that Great Commission? And just reading from Matthew 28, then Jesus said to them, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. So that's the Great Commission. We're meant to make disciples of all nations. That sounds like a big job, doesn't it? It does sound like a big job. Yeah, it's a big job, and we're called to do that. But you know what? I've got a feeling that you and I are not Billy Graham. Is that possible? Is that, does that shock you? I apologize. Uh, no, no, it doesn't. It does, it does not shock me. Uh, it doesn't shock me at all. Very few of us actually are. Very few of us are actually called to do those sorts of things. And quite honestly, when it, when it talks about uh, doing the job that we need to do, it's a job so big only God could do it. Oh yeah. So yeah. W- with with human beings being human beings, and most of us not being Billy Grahams, most of us not even being called to to have a life as you are as as a called ordained pastor most of us are called to just live our lives so we're we're doing the great commission we're we, he he's accomplishing great things through us by doing things a little bit at a time yeah that's interesting isn't it because we start out with that make disciples of all nations of all peoples that's a pretty that would seem to be a pretty good job but let's distill it down to you and me right. and let's focus on kind of two ideas the, the question is, one, how do I do it, and what should I do? Those are the two things. How do you do this? We, we are called to do this. Perhaps you and I, a smaller thing than to, than to change whole nations, but how do we do it, and what should we do? Those are great questions. And the answer is, well, not what we were talking about, the big things, because in, in, in reality, as we said, very few people are called to do the big things. Or at least, here's the other thing big things in our mind, right? Mm. Oh yeah, that's important. Things in our mind and oh, it's maybe it's a small thing in our mind. Mm-hmm. But if we back up, there are no greater small things to God because everyone is loved equally. Everyone is equally valuable in his eyes. So what you do for one, you do for all, essentially. So the small things, quote unquote small things, maybe talk to your neighbor? How about helping out your neighbor? How about um, doing something at, uh, at, at work, at your place of work, or um, helping out um, somebody that's, uh, that you see is, is on the street and, and uh, needs a meal, something like that. It's small things in our mind, but that's the way we achieve the overall goal. Yeah, and you know that there's this image in the Bible of the mustard seed, the tiniest of all seeds makes this giant bush. The reality of this is that these small things that we do are things that we actually can do. In other words, you and I can't convert all the people in China to Christianity, but you know what? 
in the places where we work and the people that we come in contact with, with our neighbors, we can do these little things that are going to add up. They're going to be little mustard seeds. And as you said earlier and often, it's not up to us. The whole thing isn't up to Pat and Jeff, is it? No, it isn't. No, it isn't. And this is this goes into another part of it that I think people have to, you have to learn to do this and you have to be open to it. As Christians, we should be open to hearing the voice of God. Now, he's going to talk to us in several ways. He's going to talk to us through scripture. He's going to talk to us through people he brings into our lives. He's, you may hear uh, something like a voice in your head, so to speak. You just might get a feeling like, hey, you know what? Maybe I should I should go over and talk to my neighbor. I should go and see if they need some help. I would say, do that. Follow, follow the Spirit. That's what, that's what the Holy Spirit is guiding you to do. And I would say to go ahead and do that. Yeah. And there's a scripture that says, don't extinguish the Spirit. And I think as it relates to what you've just said is that we need to be open to the voice of the Spirit. Now, for me, I sometimes wake up in the middle of the night with an idea it's just as if it's been placed there. I go, wow, where did that come from? And realizing what a next step is meant to be for me. We just have to be open to these things instead of fighting them. Because I think in today's world, the natural thing for us to do is to think that we have to come up with the idea in some orderly way, and it can't be placed there by the Holy Spirit because that just isn't the way things work. Right. And what if it is the way things work? What if we just calm our minds a little bit, calm our spirits, slow down a little bit, and be open to being guided in a way that pleases God and in a way that allows us to achieve things that are meaningful to God, not just meaningful to Pat and Jeff, but meaningful in the whole cosmic scheme of things and meaningful in, the, in God's plan and God's kingdom. Absolutely. So I think we've, we've given uh, folks the what. So it's going to be large stuff. So you're a Christian and you're saying, what can I do in God's kingdom? So you know, don't, don't maybe be worried about the, the large things. Start concentrating on the small things. See where God gives you an opportunity. It's the how. That's the other thing. I think sometimes people get hung up on, okay, well, how, how, do, how do I do this? So listen to what the Spirit is, is telling you. And then you can, you can show people Christ sometimes just by living differently, just by living your life as a Christian. I, I think Christians are, especially today, uh, are going to be more upbeat. You have a smile on your face. Mm-hmm. And over the past couple of years, not a lot of uh, reason t- uh, to have a smile on your face. So if you have a smile on your face and you just are, are uh, of good spirits, that might cause people, just that might cause people to, to ask you, wow, why, why are you so happy? Now the door is open and you can talk to them about Jesus Christ. You can go and uh, just start a conversation and and really listen to uh, to your coworkers or your neighbors. Hey, how you how you doing? How have you been? What's going on? Listen, like legitimately listen, which I think is an is another thing that sounds so simple, but in today's society, people just blow right right past it. Right, right. We don't we don't engage other people, and then when we do have some sort of engagement, we really are not listening. I mean, I'm, I'm speaking for myself here. 
I go through rudimentary sort of uh, uh, interactions with people, but I'm, I'm not really listening to them. I'm not looking to help them uh, the way I know that I should be. And the way, interestingly, that, that makes me happiest when I do that, when I feel good about, oh, yeah, that was a good thing. And we need to be this Christian that is, that as you said, that has a smile on their face. That's not sort of virtue signaling all the time or ever. You know, just being open to other people, listening to other people as to what is their story. You know, what, tell me about yourself. Um, what is it that is troubling you? You know, these kinds of things, but just being a model of what a Christian might be and not expecting anything in return. I try, as people walk by our house, I try to say hello and engage them. And most of them actually have ear pods in. Right. And so they, they get to pretend that they're not hearing me. But you know what? I don't say it like I'm challenging them. I say, hi there. And and almost all the time, even with the ear pods, they, they, they are happy with that. They smile at me and say hello. It's because we have these blinders on as we're walking around because we're not used to having positive interactions with people. We're just trying to walk down the street and not be involved with what's going on on the right and the left. And so what I suggest that we do, what I'm trying to do is kind of simply engage people, not in a big way, just to say hello or comment on their dog. They got a cute dog. They got a cute kid. The, something that, that causes them to go, oh yeah, thank you. And that's all we need to do. We need to start off by doing that and maybe we'll do a little bit. Maybe instead of moving a mountain, maybe we move a little piece of dirt. Maybe that, that allows God to start his building process. Exactly. And here's the other thing that makes it a little bit easier to actually work in and do kingdom work when you know you don't have to go after everyone. When you look out and you think, oh my gosh, all these people have to be reached. They do. Your job is to just reach one, right? So that's all you have to do. So maybe wait for people that God puts in your path. That would be another great thing. Because if God is placing someone, especially if you don't know that person all that well, if he's placing them in your life more than normal, that might be a sign. Yeah. And those, those are the other things you have to, to have to look at. But again, it's, it's one person at a time. It's not the whole world. Is it somebody in your neighborhood? Is it somebody in your old family? Is it somebody that you work with? that you are going to be running into or that you're going to be seeing. And you can maybe have a conversation with them about Christ. I heard a pastor talking about traveling when he sits to people on airplanes. Now, I don't know if I could do this, but I would hope that I could get to this point someday. So they asked him what his favorite icebreaker is to start talking about Jesus. And he says, oh, I just ask people what they think happens when they die. <laughs> I thought, wow. I, you know, I, I think that would probably get someone's attention. I, I'll, I will admit, I don't think I'm there yet, but life goals, right? I would love to get to that and have the confidence to say, what, ha what do you think happens when you die? I, and I bet... That that I'll admit, I heard that and I thought, wow, I, I'm just uncomfortable hearing that. But I bet for the most part, you're going to get some pretty positive reactions. Yeah. And you're talking about something that's truly important, not just the dribble that people talk about, but right. something that's that is uh, truly important. I'll. I'll try that. Maybe that's a that's a, a, a step forward. I think. Yeah. No question. And, and I would think if 
if if someone really doesn't want to talk about it, well then, okay. And y- you'll be able to see how uncomfortable they are because I would imagine somebody that really wants doesn't want to talk about that, they'll be pretty uncomfortable with that question. Yeah. I thought that was uh that was an interesting one. Do you have any do you have any favorite icebreakers? Any any seeds, favorite ways to plant seeds? Well, um, a couple things that that I try to do. One is just to be interested in other people. When it comes to prayer, I ask people, how can I pray for you? Which is sort of a a a version of that. Because what would people say? I mean, I've done it dozens of times. And and always people say, they they hesitate for a minute. And then they say, well, you know, my my uncle uh, has got cancer and it's really bad. And and I don't quite know what to do. What? And, and and then then what you have to do if you're if you ever say you're going to pray for somebody you have you to, have do, to it. do it it's like a it's not just a phrase you have to do it and you have to find and, and I found it helpful for me to remember to do it to find out the person's first name so they say you know my my uncle is uh, dying of cancer and the family's really broken up and da 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 and I say what's your uncle's ne- first name I, I don't really want the last name just because I know that God knows who it is and I'm not really trying to be so uh, um, looking into their private lives but but I I want to know who it is. So he says, well, my Uncle Bill. And so that will that'll be a key for me to pray for Uncle Bill. And God, of course, will know which Uncle Bill I'm talking about. So that's not that would never be the problem, but it helps me to know the name. And so that's kind of what, what I do. I, I haven't gotten so bold as to ask, where do you think you go when you when you die? But but being willing to pray for somebody, it's amazing how people will respond to that. Even people I think that probably aren't much at being a Christian or any kind of religion would be happy to be prayed for, right? Yes, why I've, would you be against it? I mean, I've never you, I've never had anybody turn me down. Yeah. Why would you be what how in the world could you be against such a thing? What would be what would be negative about it? There's nothing negative about it. It's nothing but good. Well, I think if, if you did get somebody that that said no, I think that could strike up Again, if we're willing to, we have to be willing to listen because it's not about us, right? Right, right. So then we have to be willing to listen. Oh, okay. Well, that, that's fine. You know, I don't don't mean to offend you. I'm just curious. Why not? And I, I think if you're, if that could lead into to a, a great conversation. And again, it goes back to planting seeds, right? So we're just mm-hmm. planting seeds yeah. and it might not come to fruition uh, for, for years. And that's, that's the other thing, I think. As human beings, when we go out and we engage somebody, we want to see, we want to see some change. You know, we want to see progress. And I think part of this, actually, a big part of this, with with some, we may never see progress. You know, seeds that we're planting today may not come uh, and be sown for, literally for years, and we have to be okay with that because we're just we're out doing our work. We're out doing our work for God. It's not for us. It's for God and. I know it's difficult sometimes to keep that perspective, but if we can keep that perspective, it makes it easier if that makes sense. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, something that you said a moment ago that it, that uh, reminded me of the book that both you and I have read that we feel strongly about, it was called Love Them Anyway by Choco de Jesus. And one of the things he does is he just listens to people. You know, when, when if we ran across a guy that, or a woman that said, can I pray for you? He said, no. You know, you could ask, well, tell me about why right. you feel that way. And y- you might find out. You might find out something that you have some commonality. You might find out that, you know, they say, you know, this religion thing is just a bunch of junk. And, you know, I went to uh, X, X religion as a kid. And, you know, they had bad people in it and all kinds of things. And da-da-da-da-da. And, you know, as you listen, you may find that it that it 
parallels in some way what you've experienced. And you could say to that person then, you know what, I understand how you feel because I remember that I felt that way at one time. And here's here's what happened for me. And I understand what you're saying and it's not wrong, but here's how I got to this point. And then you could lead them on a way that, that helps them, but it helps them because you're identifying with them and you're truly identifying with them. You're not just making up something to say. You can only do this when you really uh, have listened and have something you can identify with. Then you have some commonality. You're not, you're not like adversaries. You're, you're walking side by side, which is a different sort of a, of a walking together. Right. And you know, th- that's a great point. And for those who, who think, you know, oh, I, what can I do? It goes back to what can I do and, and how can I do it? Every human being was uniquely created by God for specific, a specific purpose or purposes. And here's the thing. You might be the only person on earth that can reach someone else by doing exactly what you just described because you may have had an experience that essentially nobody else had. Mm. And you could maybe help that person through. I know that sounds that sounds kind of cr- the, a little crazy stuff, but that's the kind of stuff <laughs> we're talking about. That's the sort of thing that's life-changing. That's the sort of thing that we need to do to be engaged. You, you aren't going to do that unless you are engaged and unless you are walking with God and trusting him to guide you. Absolutely, absolutely. So we come back to this this. What do I do and how do I do it? And it seems to me that that part of it is just being a good neighbor, right? Yeah. We can do that. Part of it is being a good neighbor. Being a good neighbor in the world, you know, when you're out walking around in your neighborhood and you see some trash, pick it up and take it home and, and deposit it. The neighborhood will be cleaner for it. And, you know, maybe some people will see you doing that. Maybe they'll think, you know what, maybe when I go out, I, I can pick up the trash. I don't have to step over the trash. And, um, you know, which is easy to do, particularly when nobody's watching. You know, I had actually yesterday, I was out walking in our neighborhood in an industrial part of where we live, and there's nobody around. And I stepped over this, I didn't even know what it was, a sack full of something awful. And as I, I walked away from it, and then I thought, you know what? That was placed there for me to pick up. Why don't I go pick it up? And so I gingerly picked it up. I never looked inside, <laughs> but I gingerly picked it up. I think that's what we're supposed to. We're supposed to be ready to do those things because we can do them. You know what I mean? I can't clean up everything in the neighborhood, but I can pick up this thing in my path. And as we do that, I think God is honored in the doing of it. And so how we act in our neighborhood ends up being, to me, the, the basic thing. If, if, you, if you can't act as a Christian with your next door neighbors. You're not going to do it um, with other people. If you can't do it within your family, you're not going to be able to do it with people you don't even know. So we have to be Christians in our homes, in our places of work, where we are as an example, and not an example that wrestles people to the floor and demands that they they convert to Christianity today. That, That doesn't work. It just means to listen. And back to the book that I mentioned, that the book uh, Love Them Anyway, this Choco de Jesus, and he just listens. And it doesn't mean that he agrees. The listening doesn't encompass him in agreeing to everything he hears. It means that he's trying to understand this person in an authentic way. And that's what I think we need to do. We need to understand other people in, on, in an authentic way that values them. Absolutely. And th- if you look in Scripture, that is, that's what Jesus did. That's what Jesus did. He, he, he listened. He forgave sins because he could because he was God. Um, and then, you know, there was repentance and, and go sin mo- no more. But he was very, he was very gentle and he was very understanding. 
with with the, the common person, he saved his derision for Pharisees, which we've talked about before, which is kind of interesting. But if you, if you take a look at what he did, he was very patient. He was very loving. Uh, and it was it sets a great example. So we we shouldn't be pounding on people. I don't think that's the way God wants us to be. Yeah. And using, as you just said, Jesus as a model, I mean, look at how he acted with people. He didn't, he, he, he called them out for their sins, but he did it in a loving way. Yes. And so he wasn't, he wasn't like pull, calling them out and, aha, you've done this terrible thing. Look at you. It wasn't that at all. He was trying to bring them to repentance. And how many of them repented when they were given an opportunity? Immediately. Everyone needs forgiveness because everyone is broken. Yeah, and and knowing that as 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 we all are, well, you know, Pat and I started this project with a with a quote from C.S. Lewis, which has meant so much to both Pat and I. And it it goes like this: Christianity, if false, is of no importance, and if true, is of infinite importance. The only thing it cannot be is moderately important. You see, we feel that this Christianity is not meant to be a spectator sport. It's meant to be a participant sport. We're meant to be part of it, and we're meant to be part of it because Christianity is, in fact, true. And if it's true, it is infinitely important. It deserves all the energy that we can give in all of our lives and every part of it. And that's what we're talking about here, Pat and I. We thank you for being part of this, and join me in prayer. Lord, you have given us a path. You've given us a way. You've shown us what you would have us do, Lord, and to be Christians in this world, to be Christians in this world, even if that causes us to stand out, but to do so in a loving way, to do so in a way that people would look at us and say, you know, whatever that person has, I wish I had it too. How, how might I get that? Let us do that, Lord. Help us to walk through life in the light. Help us to lead people to this light, to your light, in Jesus' holy and mighty, mighty name. Amen. Amen.